0: The Mind Your Home podcast is now available on video. To watch the video associated with this episode and see any visuals that may be mentioned in the episode, follow the link in the description to the YouTube channel. You're listening to the Mind Your Home podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home podcast. I've been practicing minimalism and clutter-free living for a while now, and there have definitely been some aha moments, especially in the beginning, that really helped to propel me to the next level, if that makes sense. And I've been paying attention and listening to other people's aha moments. And I always think that some of them are quite funny, but also, you know, they're funny because they're true. And so I thought that it would be fun if I share some of these with you today. I'm gonna share five of my own aha moments as it relates to decluttering and letting things go and just living with less. And then I'm also gonna share some aha moments that other people have shared just for you to listen to and see if they resonate with you at all. And then of course, I would love it if you would leave your own aha moments, if you have any, down in the comments whenever we're done with this video. Now one more thing before we dive in, I want to remind you that this week is my live holistic clutter-free event. So I've already started the holistic mini-series. We started that yesterday, but it's still going on. You can still access the mini-series videos. This is where I'm speaking with some other experts in the industry about how to create and sustain holistic and clutter-free spaces inside of your home. And then on Friday, I'm having my big live workshop. So I'm going to be sure to leave a link for that down in the description. Be sure to hop on. Even if you missed the first video, there's still a lot of good stuff coming. My first and definitely the biggest aha moment for me, and this was one that was really hard for me to get, I'll explain why in a second, is that success and happiness don't come from things. And I know that that sounds really obvious and it's something that people say in memes and saying quote cards all the time but I for one know that when it's so ingrained in your mindset that you need to have a certain quality of life or achieve a certain standard or you know achieve a certain professional success level you know like those things are, are taught to us from a very young age and we can start to really tie that into our value and our self-worth you know we can start to really associate worthy with status and with stuff I came from a very small, southern, you know, presentable, church-going, pillars-of-the-community type of family, and there were expectations with behavior, expectations with what you were to succeed in accomplishing, and, you know, the, the way that you dressed to show up to church or to show up to family events. There were just these expectations, and that included the things that we presented ourselves with. My mom was a workaholic and to some extent she still is. Like she is somebody who has a very hard time resting and doesn't like taking down time, doesn't like, you know, the whole self-care thing. Like she needs to have something to do constantly. And so I just had this drive and this ambition and this expectation for myself that I needed to achieve a certain quality of living. And one day I was really depressed and really anxious and just feeling totally defeated. I've been working way more hours than any human should work in a week um, at a very intensive job and I was a single mom at the time. I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old, you know, somewhere around those ages. I was sitting on the floor in my room next to my guitar and I was just looking around at this stuff and I was just thinking, why? Like, why am I killing myself? What am I killing myself for? Why are these things so important? You know? And all of a sudden, it just like had this perception bubble burst and it didn't make any sense the things that I was valuing and the things that I was associating with my self worth. And that, I remember that being the beginning of my journey. It wasn't the end, it wasn't like a revelation. And then all of a sudden, I changed. Like I said, it was a difficult. Thought process for me to break, but that was the beginning of it. If I don't need the person, I don't need their things. I remember this being a revelation for me right after college. I remember looking through, and I used to be somebody who had a really hard time letting go of things from people. So, you know, memorabilia from boyfriends that had not worked out or from friends who i had fallen out with and i remember like looking through this box of stuff it had some photographs from college of somebody who had been a great friend of mine and we had fallen out and it just made me feel bad and depressed and i remember thinking like why do i need these things If I don't feel like I need these people in my life anymore, or if they're not going to be in my life anymore for whatever reason, why do I need to have this memorabilia constantly in my space, reminding me of things that I don't want to constantly be remembering? And from that moment on, like I became ruthless when it came to those types of items people who were no longer in my life, belongings that made me. Feel bad about myself or just feel bad about a situation, I started letting those go because I realized that I was just torturing myself by holding on to things that didn't provide any kind of value to my life. A revelation that came to me much later in the process when I was already starting to practice and even share about minimalism was that less is more except for when it's less. That's not something that you're going to hear a minimalist share very often, but I definitely found that to be the case. And I've seen that happen to people over and over again, where they decide that they want to live a minimalist life, they want to let things go, and in the process of trying to find that balance, they overdo it and they let go of too much stuff. I remember there was one point where I got rid of most of the living room furniture and replaced it with bean bags, just like a couple of bean bags. I was like, we don't even need furniture. We can just use bean bags. And not only did it not look great, it ended up taking up just as much space. It just wasn't a very feasible option. I cringe when I look at the pictures of how our living room looked during that period of time. But things like that, like I just started going overboard and kind of obsessing about the stuff, even the stuff that really wasn't cluttered, it was just there. It was present, and uh, and I think that this over obsession happens to many people again when they start to try to find that balance for themselves and practice minimalism. And so, you know, when you stick to the rule of less is more, well, that can be a little bit too simplistic, right? Less is not always more. Sometimes you do need things to functionally support you in your daily flow. I mean, that's why I share about holistic clutter-free spaces, not just minimalist spaces because first of all, I don't think that minimalist aesthetics works for everybody. It's not uh, supportive to a lot of people and the way that they like to experience their environments, but also, you know, the holistic side of things means that you need to have the things that are going to be supportive to you in your daily functions, in your daily flow, and you know, just the, the things that kind of bring on happiness. So, if that's a piece of art on the wall that's not functionally purposeful but it does serve the function of bringing you happiness and just making you smile when you look at it, well, I think that that's just as valid as anything else. But it took me a lot of cringy situations uh, to come to that final conclusion that less is more except for when it's less. Something else that I latched onto, I feel like pretty early on in the process, was that clutter is a mental battle not a physical one, or at least it's a mental battle more than it is a physical one. I mean, unless you're moving really heavy things like heavy furniture, our belongings aren't really offering us much resistance. That resistance is coming from us, our mental attachments to things, our habits, our shopping tendencies, you know, how we relate to our space, the things that we do and the things that we don't do. Usually, like nine times out of 10, if not 10 out of 10, when I'm helping other people to create a clutter-free space, it's not an issue of, well, they just need the right physical steps. It's almost always an issue of they need to learn how to let go. They need to learn how to be okay with parting with things that they really don't need. If you're wondering why my voice keeps getting a little scratchy and my nose keeps going all off, it's because allergies. It's springtime at the time of recording this and I have been sneezing all day long. Oh, it itches so much. Number five for me, it's short and sweet and it's something that I appreciate every day and that is that less stuff equals less cleaning. If you're somebody who like me, who does not relish cleaning and constantly working inside of your home, which I absolutely don't, having less stuff is the easiest way to get there. So those are my top five, but let me share what other people had to say. It's not useful if I'm not using it. Very valid point and it's something that I try to reiterate when it comes to waste worry and fear of just being wasteful when you let go of things that you're not using. If you're not using it, then it's not useful. Organizers are a trap. When you get too complex and too complicated in your organizing systems, it just gives you more spots to hide things. The stuff's still there, it's just more complex to get to it now. Hidden clutter is still clutter. Junk drawers, the backs of closets, storage facilities, Hidden clutter, it's still there and it still has some space somewhere in your mind that this pile of clutter exists. It doesn't have to take up space to be clutter. I like that because you know what? That also includes things like digital clutter, all of the hundreds of emails that may be piled up or the thousands of pictures, half of them blurry and half of them screenshots and you know, like all of the different things that can collect in the digital realm of things, but also just stuff that doesn't take up much space things that are small, you know, papers inside of your filing system that are expired that you no longer need. Another one is all of this stuff used to be money. And Karina from Instagram added, would I buy this again? I think that that is an aha moment for a lot of people whenever you stop to look at the things you're not using and realize how much money that would have been worth in your pocket if you had that money back? Or would you actually buy that same thing again? I try to ask that question a lot with my clothes. Like if I grab something and I don't wanna wear it and I just keep putting it back and putting it back, would I even buy that again? Probably not. So do I really need to own it now? Probably not. And finally, Rosie from Instagram shared, less clutter equals less on my mind. A clear mind is a happy me. That is so true, and even a couple of weeks ago, I shared some of the effects that clutter can have on us, one of those being our mental health and just the psychological effects that we can get from our clutter and from being surrounded by that. So very good submissions, and I can't wait to see what you have to share down in the comments. And again, if you haven't already, be sure to register below for the holistic mini series and the free workshop that I'm having on Friday. I'll chat with you next week.